0: Is Bobby Payne and welcome to episode number 14 Know Your Enemies. And with me today, Pastor Aaron Case and Pastor Jonathan Mitchell. And we are still G-less, yeah, man. We, his he's vacation, never back. He's, <laughs> do we need to find him? <laughs> we, he See, is lost. Don't worry about that guy. So if you have seen G, please return him to
1: us. Yeah. We're in the back corner of Eden we miss Chapel. Him. Christy, we miss him. Christy's up to something, yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, then we would, she would be the first one to check. Oh, for sure. <laughs>
0: Gee, we can't wait till you're back. We miss you. It's just not the same without you in here. Yeah. Text, if
2: you're not safe, we'll come uh, for yes. you.
0: Yeah. That's right. That's yes, it. <laughs> <laughs> so today, guys, we are going to talk about knowing our enemies. And to start off, I want to kind of outline what we're talking about. Uh, we've got three different enemies that we are attacking today um, that directly affect the Christian. And that is the world the flesh, and the devil. And so we're, we're going to break it down into those three sections, and then at the end, um, we're going to give you a solution or two uh, to fight with these enemies, okay? So let's start off with the world.
1: So the world pretty can be pretty broad. I think Scripture would describe the world as uh, temporary. So the things temporary that can be kind of against us can can lure us in um we got to remember that the world is for one has been destroyed first by water when there was evil destruction uh, wickedness and then will again be uh destroyed by fire as as peter tells us and so it's temporary and we're we're, we're told that the world in many cases is opposed to god mm-hmm. Uh, James says, "Friendship with the world is enmity uh, with God." And so, if you're friends with the world, you're an enemy of God. Um, we know that the world, because it's opposed to God, persecutes those who follow Jesus. So, I mean, that's what you know. Jesus says in John 15, "Those who um, the the world's hated me, so it's it's going to hate you, and it's persecuted me, so it's going to persecute you." So, there's a morality of uh, uh, opposition against. Uh, the, the commands and the the law of God. And so stands against, against God. So you have temporary, you have opposed to God. And I think we could even say carnal. So once again, kind of lures us in to some what we talked about last episode to find pleasure in the, the gift of God and the corruption of the gift of God, instead of letting the gift of God help us to ultimately find satisfaction in him
0: so so when did all of this happen just to clarify would somebody do that for me because we know that obviously god created the world and it was good yeah so what happened
2: yeah sin entered into the world in the garden um when exactly as johnny just said occurred you know it the the difference is and we think so many times And and there is really just distinct differences in choosing sin and choosing Christ. Um, But the difficulty in life is choosing what is almost good or what's in the gray area over what is just, you know, just blatantly sin. Um, What's right and what's almost right. That's where discernment lies, right? And so it's understanding and knowing and being grounded in the word to know enough that when the attacks come against the three enemies that we're gonna speak about today, uh, beginning with the world, we'll know how to fight that because the spirit of the age, which comes from the world is, is very deceptive. Like if, if you don't think so, then just think about God's order for the family. Like try to just speak about what biblical submission looks like for a husband, for a wife, for children, and watch, watch the air go out of the room in a church. Like, right. So we, it's not just that, but a thousand other ways as in regards to what true marriage is, you know, between a man and a woman, um, it's been defined by the Lord. And even in churches, once again, it's, it's almost hateful to just simply say what the book teaches. And so what we need to be sure and be certain is that we do not fall prey to not only the the distortion that Eve fell for, like she was, again, um, settling for some lesser good by obeying God, but then also what Adam fell into by not being good stewards and understanding and being protective of not only ourselves, but our families and our church from all of the wiles um, of the devil that he uses through the world. And so, so what I would say is, yes, it began in the garden, that's when sin entered, and it has absolutely put everything, all of creation, under a curse, waiting to be redeemed. And, and so I guess that, that's the foundation for, for all that we believe. It began in the garden, and that is where we understand and we begin to learn how we attack this enemy that is so strongly against us.
0: So, so we would say that the world since then has been in direct opposition, which is what you said just a moment ago, Johnny, having no love for the things of God. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly being tempted or lured or pulled into this world and it's evil because of this.
1: Yeah, either we're being pulled into it or lured into it or we're being persecuted because we stand on the foundation of God and his word. And so, yeah, the luring is a constant battle and that will kind of coincide with our battle against the flesh because I think those two things can kind of go hand in hand. But then, you're when you're when there's outright opposition to the holiness of God, then those who care about the holiness of God will be persecuted by the world. That's just, I mean, that's what Jesus promises to his followers. And can so, I read John fifteen? Yeah, Forest read, read that. that's gonna help clear because that. you
2: you mentioned it earlier, and I think it's so good. It and then you can go from there, brother. It says if the world hates you. Know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And if they kept my word, they will also keep yours.
1: Yeah. And so when we think about the enemy of the world, I would, I would classify or I would categorize it mostly this way. So direct opposition against God and his holiness. And so those who follow God and pursue holiness are going to stand in direct opposition against the the world. And so the world's going to hate you and it's not a problem with you. (laughs) It's a problem with God. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, if you're chosen by God and you are a follower of Jesus, because the world hated Jesus, that's when the hatred comes towards you. And once again, it's, it's going to get into, you know, how we, how we battle the world and battle against the evil schemes of the devil. But we got to remember that when we fight, when we look at people that are persecuting the church, uh, we don't necessarily fight against them. We fight against the world that uh they belong to and that ultimately goes above flesh and blood and and we'll get there uh but that that that's where i would categorize things as uh yes the world is temporary yes the world we're talking about carnal things as well but mostly it's the world that stands in direct opposition to god because of the the fall of man
2: well and the world in all of its appeal i think is what leads us away from seeing Christ as as the ultimate source of our joy like you know everything looks so good and and we speak about it often and it is the great part of sin there's no great part of sin but the great part of sin is its immediate feedback right you're immediately gratified and the world says we have that for you if you follow these things we will cheer for you we will love you we will give you community we will give you all the love that you want and acceptance, no matter who you are, we'll fight for you. And a lot of those things are true, but the only problem is what will it gain, you know, right? What will you give to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it's taking. It's like, it's like all through, uh, Proverbs. It's like the woman who, who's the harlot, who's seducing, right? Like it, there can be so good that no one will know her husband is gone all these other things and it you know everything is just made perfectly for you no one will ever know but what you don't understand is death and hell await you on choosing that lesser joy and so the dangerous allure of the world is that it follows into our second enemy which which longs to be accepted by the world and to seek its applause
0: yeah uh, you said something in there that kind of made me think the world offers that community and that acceptance of sin. But wouldn't we say that that's also what the fellowship of like-minded believers offers as well. If, if we can remove ourselves from those worldly temptations because the world's throwing daggers left and right, Mm. it's everywhere. And
1: it's the, where the fellowship of believers is vastly different from the quote unquote community in the world is its long-term acceptance and love no matter what no matter what trials no matter if you take a step away or you're walking away we're we're going to love you and care for you i mean i've been having this conversation with someone in our church lately just because they're lured by what's in the world and they're lured by the acceptance that it provides and i've i've even challenged them take one step of opposition against them They're only about you as long as you look exactly like them and where, where we're going to be different is we're going to love you no matter what, you know, and I'm going to keep, I want to keep talking to you and, Mm. you know, I'm going to keep praying for you and keep loving you because uh, you are my brother or sister in Christ. And that's, that's what the world just doesn't offer. It will spit you out as soon as you, you know, they'll, they'll claim to love diversity but really, you have to look exactly like them.
2: Yeah, it's whose whose truth are you being loved to? Yeah, like if you're just trying to create your own, which we know it it just doesn't work. You're going to fail. But if you if you're following and being led to God's truth, like the like the assembly, of the saints does, like the church does, which I would have you all, if you've not listened to the essentialness of church episode, this will help you tremendously. But just knowing that people who have your back in the right way, who love you enough to not simply say, you know what, you're making terrible choices. You're awesome. Just, you know, continually applauding you onto your own destruction, onto your own death. That's what the world does. What we would say is we want to lead you to life. Like Johnny said, we're going to we're going to accept you and love you no matter what. But we're also going to point you to a higher standard that will lead to your joy and ultimate fulfillment.
0: Yeah, the world, we're going to celebrate you to your demise. Yeah. Right, we're just going to keep pushing you until you're no longer useful for us because you've yeah. buried yourself in something.
1: Yeah, quote-unquote love, as long as, you know, your truth's your truth, even if it leads you to death, where, where we stand with God saying, truth is God and his word, we're going to point you to it. It may be hard right now, but it's going to ultimately lead you to what is absolutely best for you. And will lead to your eternal life.
0: Well, And we stand on that one truth as opposed to whatever truth yeah. works in that situation as yeah. the world. Dangerous yeah, the slippery slope yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So we all know this verse I'm going to read uh, from Romans chapter 12. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then here it is in verse 2 Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so there, there's just one of many examples that we'll give throughout this episode where we are being told not to conform to the world. Um, and and I love that be transformed by the renewal of your mind.
1: And that's a, that's a really important thing when we think about this enemy is we're fighting an enemy who um, in our, in our flesh has the upper hand because Uh, And I don't mean he's more powerful than, than God. But what I mean is what's natural is to be conformed to the world. Conforming is just what happens when you kind of settle in and we need to be transformed. So conforming is something by like that I could do. Like imagine if I was a piece of Play-Doh and you put me in a cookie cutter, it's going to conform to that shape. But what needs to happen is I need to be transformed by God. You know, I need to submit myself to the will of God to be, transformed by the renewal of my mind. And then what ultimately we get to is Romans eight for the believer. It changes from transformation to then there is a conforming. You've been predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really cool thing, that, but it has to happen to me. It's not something I can make happen.
2: Well, and no, like you said, no, no matter how dedicated you are and whatever you're doing, if you're dedicated to the world, it's laziness because that's the default
1: setting. Yeah. It's conformity. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No matter how, how many hours you put in, yep. you know, how much you sacrifice, you believe in every commercial, every every song out there about your goodness and what you should follow, it's lazy to simply follow the default setting.
1: Yeah, amen. I've got
0: another verse I want to throw out there for you guys. Let's see. <clears throat> it's from First John because it has to be said i'm gonna say it these are not my words <laughs> <laughs>
2: we missed our opportunity yeah time. we did
0: we did it had just for you g i had to put that in there these are not my words these are god's words <clears throat> anyway here it is from first john chapter 2 starting with verse 15 it says do not love the world or the things of the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him that stings Ooh. that stings yeah um uh, it goes on and says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And we're going to get to the, the desires of the flesh in just a minute. Um, and then verse 17 says, And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. That's, that's awesome. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That stings, as you would say. <laughs> right. Yes. No
2: kidding, man. That, that's tough to hear. But at the same time, it's a truth we must embrace, right? Yeah.
1: If basically what the word's saying is, if you love the world, you are an adulterer. You know, if you claim to love God, you are an adulterer, and that's what James would say. You are an adulterous generation. If you are a friend with the world, you are enmity of God. So it's it's like going to your wife and saying you have a really good friend that's a girl that you hang out with all the time, and then trying to convince her that nothing's going on. Um, you know, she she knows. Hey, that's that's not cool, um, and so that that's what friendship with the world is while we if we love the world then we don't love God. Well, that's and
2: a statement right to him, yeah, right? That right. He, his everything he offers is not good enough. Yeah. We need to go somewhere else for fulfillment. And I think the adulterer kind of example works perfectly because that's exactly what it is. I can't you don't fulfill me. I don't find my needs in you. It's all this selfishness when in reality being selfless as we leads you to being self fulfilled in Christ. Yeah. That's the only way.
1: And Jesus talks about this, like if you if you're going to come after her to follow Him, but you look you're looking back, look like you're not worthy of Him, and and that's the idea here is like just loving Jesus means you don't love the world,
2: running to something
1: greater. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and it says it right there that the the world is going to pass away. And if you, since we we've plugged an episode, I'm going to plug another one. If you didn't catch the joy episode. Um, the last part of verse 17 says, But whoever does the will of God abides forever. That's where we find our joy, yeah, is in the will of God. Amen. That's good. Amen. So, <clears throat> anything else we want to add here when we're talking about the world? Because I think what, <clears throat> what we're leading towards is the next one, which I know we could spend a ton of time on, and they all kind of intermingle, um, and you may catch that as we talk about it. But the next category is the flesh. And... The flesh is that evil tendency that is our inward self that we constantly want to fulfill and satisfy. So let's go to the flesh as an enemy of the Christian.
1: I think just once again, going back to the episode we we did last week is the flesh looks to gratify self uh, for the sake of self. And where the the flesh that's been denied and ultimately killed and then life given by the spirit seeks to gratify self for the glory of God. And so there's a difference. And so flesh is always looking in once again, corruption of God's good design and finding joy, pleasure. Um, It wouldn't even be joy. It'd be momentary pleasure uh, in, in the corruption of God's design. This happens in the very beginning you know that that verse in Genesis three it always rings so clear to me. When when Eve knows the instruction very clearly, she tells the serpent the instruction. You know, don't don't eat of the fruit of the of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when the serpent tempts her, it says, when she saw that the tree was good for eating, like the, it changed in her mind. It was a corruption of God's good design. And we're always battling that in our flesh. is that corruption? yeah, and the, the lust of the flesh is a pretty fierce enemy. Yeah,
0: oh
2: my goodness. yeah, I think I think we lead in that in our world, you know, as they all go together as enemies against us, the the unholy Trinity we could call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean look at look at how we advertise a burger, right? Some chick with no clothes, you know on. Uh, seductively eating a hamburger right like okay or selling tires with by (laughs) sex you know like okay Um, if there wasn't any allure there it wouldn't be used Mm -hmm. there's people spending millions and millions and probably billions of dollars on uh, advertising marketing campaigns and understanding and and digging into what people like in their psychology and is it not interesting that they use what is in our flesh against us simply to sell products Mm -hmm. you know Um, So I I, I agree. It always goes back to the beginning. If you're talking about the sovereignty of God and salvation, you're talking about um, our enemies, you're talking about joy, you're talking about sin, anything, it all begins in the garden. It does begin there. And, And so then we look, and again, theology matters. What we have to understand is Romans 3, Romans 6, we are unable to please God in our flesh. Like, if you're trying to do it, you're trying to pull up all these rules. Like, I talked to a good buddy of mine a few months ago who's praying for his family. Like, he was talking about all the things that he's doing in church. And he, he's, a blessed, he's an amazing part of our church right now. And his family was like, well, that just seems like a lot to do. That seems like a lot of rules. That seems like a lot of things, you know. And it's, again, it's, it's seeing other things as more satisfactory than Christ. And guess what? That's all we will see in our flesh. Like, we don't have eyes to see. We need our eyes opened. We need our heart changed. If not, again, the default setting, no matter how, how uh, into what we are we do, no matter how much our routine is strenuous and what we give up, it's lazy to simply follow the dis- default setting. Where you see boldness, where you see fruit that actually bounds eternally is those who deny the flesh.
1: Yeah, I mean, Romans 8, for the mind of a sudden the flesh is hostile to God, once again. So the world's in direct opposition to God. The flesh is in direct opposition to God. Um, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, as, as you, you alluded to, Pastor. And so when you're in the flesh, you know, and we are all born in that. We're all born into, under Adam and into sin. And so we all are born with that innate desire to seek the things of the flesh to satisfy ourselves more than anything. And I would, I would maybe simply put it this way. The God of the flesh is self. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when there's life by the spirit, then, then our God is God correctly. Mm-hmm. And so once again, you're out of opposition uh, against one another. And so that's a, it's a real enemy because uh, the flesh though when you come to Christ is it's being put, it's put to death. It's still, still an enemy, like a snake with its head cut off, right. Still wiggles around and some snakes can still bite, you know, it's like, it's something that you're constantly like always, you every day have to get up and put to death the, the deeds of the flesh. And so, um, is it was it John Owen that said, "Be killing sin, that's or so it will be, be killing, killing you. you." That's right, and that's what it's a it's a daily battle, and it's so real because it's it reveals that the problem isn't so much outside of us, but inside of us, mm-hmm. and and that's a scary thing. Like like so, I, every day I have to get up and deny Jonathan uh, for <clears throat> yeah. the sake of following Jesus.
2: Well, that's what Paul tells us, right? Mm-hmm. That Paul tells us daily crucifying the flesh. Yeah. I mean, that's that's our privilege that you know that that is a fight that is that is hard and we I mean just the fact that you struggle with the flesh Christian does not mean you automatically go to to questioning what God has done for you even though that's what we do that's where the where our three enemies take us right well you know he doesn't love you you didn't mean it when you prayed all these other kind of things that gets us off theologically but what we what we have is a privilege to take that flesh to Christ and to crucify it to his cross, which was accomplished perfectly for us. It makes me think of Galatians six six eight. It says, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So there, there is not an absence of the fight with the flesh when you're in Christ, but there is victory in the crucifying of that flesh by faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I want to give some more verses from Galatians um, from chapter 5. It says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So, in other words, if we are walking by the Spirit, we can fight and avoid those fleshly temptations. And then it says, For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to
1: do. And that's what's so scary because that that comes on the hills of Galatians five thirteen, yeah. That's saying, you know, look, you've been set free, but don't use your freedom to do whatever you want, um, but in love, serve one another. And yeah. so, once again, it's that battle. Okay, I've been set free by Christ, so that means it doesn't mean well now I'm free to do whatever I want. Which you know the list there and at the end of Galatians five yeah. is pretty ridiculous, but you know, but it doesn't mean yeah you can go sleep with whoever you want and. Eat as much as you want and be greedy and uh, be jealous, be prideful. Um, but instead it means, no, you now have the freedom to walk by the Spirit and uh, and not gratify the desires of the flesh.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a pretty lengthy works of the flesh coming up after <laughs> yeah. that. But even more awesome, and it is, again, another throwback to what we talked about in the last episode, is that following that lengthy list, exhaustive list of works of the flesh is the... Is the fruit of the spirit, yeah. and so you know that's that's pretty awesome contrast for you to see that if you walk in the flesh, this is the results of that. If you walk in the spirit, this is the results. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. Amen. That's good. Like um, a c- couple other things here, as we continue to talk about the flesh, is Paul again. We he's so smart that Paul. <laughs> anyway, um, he tells us to not have any confidence in the flesh. Or to make provisions for the flesh because that's, that's what's going to cause you to sin. In other words, don't put yourself in the situation to cause the flesh or don't make your life any more difficult.
2: Right. What's your faith in? I mean, that's just bottom line, right? What, where is your hope in? Where is it found? And who is your faith in? Has it been placed in the gratification of your desires in this world? Or are you looking beyond this world? I mean, it's it's one or the other. And your your heart and the status of who you are before God is answered in that question.
0: Yeah, and we see throughout the Bible, we get testified in our own lives. I mean, I think of of David who temporarily gave in to the desires of his flesh. And, you know, the trouble that came after that it was just a domino effect. Um, but then we also see David as being uh, the great man that he was. And, the, and, you know, we could testify the same thing. We give in to these desires of the flesh, and while they may bring, we said it multiple times, temporary pleasure, um, they, they don't bring us the joy. They do exactly what they are advertised to do. They are to get our attention. They are to give us the, the instant gratification and then leave us, um, which, is, again, is the direct opposite of what we could find in Christ. Yeah. Amen. 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 So, anything else we want to add to the flesh as the enemy? Okay, then we will move on to uh, the adversary to God, the one who um, helps us to give in to those desires, Mm -hmm. um, the one that we oppose, and that is the devil.
1: Me again? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Sure. The accuser. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, that would be the first thing. Uh, Revelation 12. uh, Revelation, not Revelations. Uh, Revelation 12. uh, Satan is the accuser of the brethren, um, which ultimately is a really cool thing. He's a silenced accuser when it comes to Romans 8. uh, Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Um, It is God who justifies. Um, And so, yeah, accuser. Um, he's obviously a tempter uh, as we see in the garden. Once again, Um, he is uh, seeking to devour like a roaring lion. You see that in first Peter five. And so he's a real devil. I think many times we can, I I can't remember who I was talking about about this to this past week, but real devil, a lot of people kind of minimize the devil. In fact, don't even think about him. And so there's really never like an enemy out there, like actually trying to devour you. And that's a scary, if you don't know who your enemy is, like yeah. that's, that's not a good thing. You know, who, who's going to go into war. And Jesus even kind of uses this as a, as a, as a point. If, if you're going into war, you better count the cost, you know, size them up, figure it out. And so, um, you know, we, we want to know who our enemy is. Um, and so he's, he's real. Uh, he is powerful. But he's not all powerful, as Pastor Aaron said. I can't remember which podcast it was, but he's uh, he's the he's our God's devil. You know he's he's on a leash, and I mean you see this in Job. He he has to ask permission to um, mess with Job, and so I mean once again it's not dualism. It's not two equal powers, good and evil, fighting one another. Um, you have God, who's a dominating sovereign Lord and and satan who is below him. And so Yeah, I think
0: let me just interject yeah. and, and be clear here that um the devil has been defeated. We know that. We get that from scripture. And ultimately when Christ returns it's going to ha- it's it's happening again basically, yeah. right? We're He'll we're going we we, we know what the result is. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't that doesn't discount what the devil does and, and how he and we can us. get
1: a lot into eschatology. Maybe one day we kind of joked around about it, but <laughs> I did not mean to. No, yeah, I did not mean to do that. Once again, when Danger. we when we think about fighting, when we think about fighting this enemy, I mean, what you think about what's happened right it now matters. to the devil is important. Yes. Um, you know the way that I would read Revelation, understand it. Maybe Pastor Aaron would agree. I don't want to put him on the spot, but. Um, Satan is bound in regards to deceiving the nations. He is, um, a, a, he's the, he's a serpent who's had his head crushed, mm-hmm. uh, by our savior. And so we go authoritatively knowing that it's a defeated devil too. Now he can still swing and he can still prowl around, but, um, in regards to deceiving the nations, um, he doesn't have that power anymore. Like mm-hmm. that's why, I mean, ultimately we'll get to where we'll go. in Matthew 16, but he is real. Um, he is powerful and we have to understand that. Um, and, and he wants to devour you.
2: In, in many ways, a defeated enemy is the most dangerous. It is yeah. because they're, they're desperate in their attacks on, on those there who are their foes. Right. And, and when we look back to scripture and we just think about what it means to follow or to submit to what Satan throws out and lures us with. Um, I think of 1 John 3, 8. It says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. And so when we when we think about, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, right away many of us Christians will go, Oh no, you know, I've sinned. And then, you know, all this stuff, because there is a really unholy that I believe started with John Wesley, or he kind of made it popular, was this idea of persecution perfectionism, sinless perfectionism, which is just not biblical. Um, It goes against so many teachings, which much, you know, even though he was an amazing hymn writer, the Wesley's brothers, uh, they had some really wonky theology. But um, you and I will struggle with that flesh and struggle with the wiles of the devil until the day we're freed or until Christ comes back and returns for his church. And so what we need to understand is, we will have a battle with sin, but if you find yourself habitually and unapologetically following sin without any remorse, without any repentance, then Jesus tells you pretty clearly in his scriptures, um, you are not of God. You are, the, you are a child of your father, the devil. You know, As he continually owns the Pharisees and the religious leaders, he makes that distinction clearly. And it goes back through all the other things that we've talked about, the world, the flesh, and the devil. They've set up, they took God's system, what was perfect, His law, and they they just massaged it here. We need to add this. We need to take away, you know, we need to do all these things. Well, what you end up doing is you create a God in your own image, and that God can't save. And that is absolutely the driving force out of the pride of Satan and his attack against God's children. And so we see this so we must know our enemy we must know his attacks and again we begin with the garden to understand
1: how to fight yeah and i mean with that his most prominent attack is twisting the word of god that's why it's important to know the word of god and so uh, we need to make sure that we are in the word and dig into it because he's not dumb uh, and once again a defeated enemy is a scary enemy
2: He's not a dude with the pitchfork either, or yeah, right. ponytail. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think I said the sermon
1: one time. Yeah. He's not the little Nicky version yeah, exactly, that a lot of people right. get. I don't. I don't think that's presented in scripture, at least. Mm, so,
2: no, <laughs> no. I think he was beautiful, actually. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. And yeah. and disguises
1: himself as an angel of light, and mm-hmm. so he. It's not like, I mean, many times Satan disguises himself as something that is very, very beautiful. And that's what's so scary about the reality of this enemy is a lot of people are being lured by the devil himself and they think it looks really good. And uh, that's what, what we have to be very, very careful with. That's why we have to know the word because not only can he disguise himself this way, but then he can present the word of God twisted, which makes us think, Oh, well, that has some truth in it. I'm going to follow it when it's just a, uh, it's a truth that's twisted, which ultimately is a lie.
2: When we think about Job and Jesus, another thing that we need to understand as we, we fight against these enemies is that God leads us to a place of growth, you know, and he uses even the evil tempting s- schemes of Satan. Mm-hmm. He does, right? Like we look at, have you considered my servant Job? Right. Just because Satan is in your life, you know, it's not always it's it's like everything else. It's for our good and for God's glory, no matter how how wicked it may appear, how difficult it may appear. But and I know we'll get to this as we go through, you know, the crushing victory that Scripture gives us. But that's exactly that's exactly our standard to fight, just as Jesus did. And just as Job did when he was encouraged was to trust in the promises of God. Well, where do we find them? Mm-hmm. Sacred Scripture.
0: I think it's important, as we're talking about knowing your enemies, is knowing what these enemies do to us, how they try to freeze us or how they try to cripple us. And you know, I think one of the one of the ultimate goals that the devil does is try to basically try to render the Christian useless mm. for the kingdom. And, and that can come in many different forms, and we can bounce it back to when we we're talking about the flesh because a lot of it is temptation, throwing the temptation out, ruin, trying to ruin a testimony, or uh, you go the complete opposite of that and trying to swell up your pride or cause you um, to, to go that direction to say, oh, well, look at, look at what I can do because... Uh, I know everything, uh, kind of like the 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 New Testament um, law lovers or Old Testament law lovers that that had no relationship with God, but they knew their law and they were proud about it. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that he, <clears throat> the devil oftentimes does that; it, it throws those temptations that way to to try to render us useless for the kingdom.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, once again, it's he brings the charges against God's elect and we go, it's God who justifies. I mean, revelation twelve eleven says he is accuser of the, of the brethren revelation twelve twelve says, and we overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I, I would kind of maybe say the way that the way that these enemies fight us is the world. It's, it's pressure, pressure and persecution. Basically, Is it is he worthy or worth it to follow, and flesh? It's the the luring of self gratification and um, self being your god. Do what's gonna be feels best for you and what's right for you and good for you. And then I would say that Satan does just what you said, Bobby. He he tries to sideline everyone, uh, especially believers. Yeah. Ineffective whether it be bringing up past sins that have been nailed to the cross past present and future sins that have been nailed to the cross um, whether it be swelling us up with pride whatever it might be um, he's going to try his best to sideline um, us in in regards to being effective for um, gospel proclamation
0: so as we kind of wrap up these three categories of enemies. Let's, let's move to the great thing. And that's yes, that that's the there part we've been waiting. Yeah. For. That's <laughs> that, that there are solutions. And amen. so let's, let's go through these. Let's, let's give some scripture out and let's, let's encourage our listeners that there are solutions to defeat these enemies.
2: Well, yeah. Amen. The first starts with this world and this world is not our home. Mm-hmm. It's not our home. It's not what we look to. Uh, my favorite uh, passage uh, for the longest time in my life has been uh, John 16, 31 through 33. And, and it's just where I don't think a mic drop is strong enough uh, for what Jesus does. But as you struggle with the world, Christian, remember what Jesus says. He said, Jesus answered them saying, do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone, yet I'm not alone. For the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. And the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Like, that's it. That's the answer right there. We trust in Jesus. And I, I know as we go through these victory um, truths to equip you, child of God, understand that where we always go to is the cross. That, like your salvation, maybe you've struggled with it. Maybe, like me, you have, at points, dedicated your life, rededicated 15,000 times, and you really meant it. And you were really going to try the next time. What we always say is, don't follow subjective reasoning to find your peace. Take and always keep your eyes on the cross by the grace of Jesus Christ, understanding that everything that Jesus accomplishes, he accomplishes perfectly for his own glory once again and for your peace, child. So understand that, yes, as Pastor said, we have an enemy who is defeated. We have a world that is defeated. We have a flesh that we wrestle with, but ultimately all of God's enemies, all of Christ's enemies will be placed under the feet of the Son, in, subject, in subjection to him. And we will enjoy that victory, not just now temporarily, but eternally in the presence of Jesus Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when when pressure mounts, when persecution persists, it, it's hard for us to fathom in this cultural context because it's just not like what it is maybe in other places around the world. But I I, I can just imagine being a follower of Jesus in in China right now. I mean, even in Canada.
2: right? Australia. And,
1: and reading these words of Jesus and believing that in this world you will have trouble, tribulation, but Jesus is overcome. And I can't remember who said it, but when I think about if even God calls you to suffer and die for the faithful proclamation of the gospel, number one, all that the world has done for you is put a welcome mat for you into eternity. So thank you. Yeah. And number two, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, Mm. and so we see it throughout scripture, we've seen it by testimony throughout church history when when faithful followers of Jesus give their lives for the sake of making him known among all nations among the whole world that there's a incredible testimony that permeates into the culture uh, you know I think about I think about um, uh, Jim Elliot and And Nate Saint and the two other gentlemen that gave their lives, um, to proclaim the gospel to people who literally, a tribe that literally killed people, speared people to death. And they were speared to death. And then within a generation, the whole tribe had had followed Christ. Like, and it was because they gave their lives and then their wives didn't run from the tribe. They ran to the tribe. Uh, man, Jesus has overcome the world. So, um, once again, our, our God is, he's certainly more powerful than anything. And he's certainly more powerful than the world he created. And so, um,
2: it just follows logically, right? right. Like (laughs) he is the creator.
1: And as, as we alluded to earlier, he's redeeming all of it. Creation longs in expectancy for the revealing of the glory of the sons of God. Mm -hmm. And so there is coming a day, that not only will the world be put underneath the feet of Jesus, but the world will be completely redeemed. And, I mean, what a day that's going to be.
2: Amen. I think, man, I just you think about, you know, Jim Elliott and, and those guys and, and then just other people like them. Like, I wonder how many people who are coming to churches, even faithfully, would say that their sacrifice, if you didn't know the end, mm-hmm. was worth it right? Like right. how many of us do we fold against the world, the flesh, and the devil when we, when in reality we don't know what God's doing, right. but dying in Christ is an honor for the child of God, right? It, it leads us to being in His presence, the presence of our Father, and, and it makes me think of when you mentioned China of Pastor Wang Yi, who basically said when the government comes out and he's paying for it, and I, I can't imagine what that dude's going through, pray for him mm-hmm. and pray for China and those of our persecuted brothers around the world. But he basically wrote and said to the government, you don't have the authority to do this. Yeah. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus Christ. He, t- he tells the worst government in the history of the world, maybe uh, one of them anyway, um, basically, you're not Lord. And so we're not following you. You must follow Christ and boldly proclaiming that truth. Is he paying? Yes. But is the suffering that he's going through now worthy of what he will receive in Christ and what he has already received? Yes. And amen. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we need, not only to fight with all these abilities and weapons that we're giving, but also to understand that we are to go out and proclaim these truths so others who are captive by these enemies can be set
1: free. Yeah, don't give in. It's something I'm about to preach on Psalm 73. Don't give in when it seems like the wicked are prospering. You know, it, oh, the, the psalmist is kind of like, is it, is it even worth it? Like they're prospering. They have the grandchildren they want. They have the inheritance they want. They have whatever they want. Why am I even doing that? And, then he, and then he says, but I went to the sanctuary of God and he remembered, he remembered their end and he remembered his end. And so that gave him reason to fight and to fight and find joy in, in, in Christ. And so that's the same thing for us. Take heart. Why? Because Christ has overcome the world.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a scheme of the devil to, to f- try to fulfill the fleshly desire when we look at the world and say, well, they got they're, they're doing whatever they want and look at what they've got, and here I am trying to, to be who I need to be and yeah. i have nothing temporary gratification
2: yeah. for eternal joy yeah. we trade, it, trade e- it we trade it every day we're so dumb <laughs> we're a little, we're, little Esos, <laughs> we're the worst yes. yeah right. our inheritance for our balls, oh my dude. goodness yeah. and uh, it's just it's so sad but but we must understand again the third enemy thinking about satan the accusers accusations of the christian are silenced in christ mm-hmm. they're silenced we We must always, again, go to the cross, not our experiences. So many Christians are going to, man, really feeling the spirit of this movement or, you know, really moved, oh, this truth that God gave here today was great. And that's good. That's great. But those things will not sustain you. Daily being conformed by the Word of God by being in it and understanding what what your promises are in Christ, child. Being part of a church that is solid, preaching the Bible, giving you good fellowship, pushing you out into the world for the glory of Christ. Those things are what matter the most. And of course, you know, I know we'll probably mention it here in a minute, but man, Ephesians 6, you know, at least 10 through 20, going through the armor of God, understanding what it means to stand up against the world, the flesh, and the wiles of the devil. Um, Live in that. If you're being attacked, which... I don't know how you're not, maybe you're just blind to it if you don't understand, but go there, live there and and find victory through the promises of Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, that's I was getting ready to I was getting ready to say that, you know, as we look through putting on the whole uh, armor of God and you know, I would encourage you, listener, to read it. Um, I won't sit here and read it all, but just a few things. Uh, the readiness given by the gospel of peace, breastplate of righteousness. Um, because the evil one is throwing flaming darts at you, right? We've, we've said it, uh, the flaming darts are coming on social media and on TV and on radio and wherever, on the Burger King commercial or what you know, whatever, right? And so all of these things are coming at you. Verse 18 says, "...praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keeping alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints." And so I think that, um, we have to armor ourselves in that daily, um, regularly. Otherwise we're going to fall into the temptations of, uh, our enemies, the world, the flesh, the devil.
1: Right. And when we think about the devil specifically, that, that whole passage starts with finally be strong in the Lord and the, and the strength of his might. So, uh, one pastor said that, uh, we don't find strength in the armor so much as we find strength in the God of the armor. And so when we think about the devil as well, we put on this armor because scripture is very clear. You don't ignore the devil. You resist him. Uh, That's how, that's how he flees. It's humility being, knowing I'm not strong enough. Like the devil could take me. I know that, but he can't take my God. Mm. And so I'm going to be strong in the strength of his might. And I'm going to resist. I'm going to humble myself under the the strong hand of God, and I'm going to resist the devil by the grace of God with the armor of God. And and Scripture tells me that He's going to flee. Amen. And all that, for the glory of God. All for the glory of yeah. God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah.
2: That's good.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that's fantastic. Um, so as we're kind of wrapping up our time here, do you guys have anything else you want to add? Um, as we've given the listeners some some solutions here,
2: just don't don't be discouraged to the point of death, right? If, if you really struggle with the emotional roller coaster of life, read the Psalms, read through the Psalter, understand that those are songs to God, understand that, um, we're not hiding anything from him. He's ordaining it all. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't want to tell God that I'm just angry today, or I'm wondering where he's at. Have you even read David? Right? Like, I mean, (laughs) sing some of those songs. Uh, Understand what it means to to sing about your enemies and your friends and and all that happens and and then find joy in Christ I mean just you're not alone what the enemy loves to do is separate you My one thing that that's so tough is people's people will come Who who aren't a part of anything and say man? I just I'm really not feeling plugged in at church or I'm not feeling like I'm I'm loved or a part of anything Okay, are you coming to Bible study? Are, are you serving when we have opportunities? What part of the ministry are you in? And it's almost always the same thing. Well, we haven't seen you for 50, unless it's just something that ap- appeals to you. That's not how a body works. If you want to be encouraged in Christ, don't be the sheep. Don't seek to be the sheep who's lost. You know, we do that all the time and then we cry, woe is me, or we cut off everyone's... Um, love for us or their accountability to us, and then ask where they're at. Well, we've separated ourselves. Don't run from the graces that God has given, not only through his scripture, through prayer, but also through the body of Christ. Always dwell on those things, rest in those things, and understand victory is yours because our king is victorious.
0: Amen. Yeah, isolation's how the roaring lion in in the, you know, out in the desert gets his food,
1: right? And he isolates his prey. Don't fight the devil in the dark. Yeah,
0: that's, that's how he devours.
1: Yeah. Um, two things that I would like to end with. For one, in regards to fighting against the flesh, we have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit of God. Romans 8, 11 through 13. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, take that into account for a second. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. It's the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in me. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. That is the end of living according to the flesh. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. The Holy Spirit enables us, empowers us to put to death the evil deeds of the flesh. Galatians 5, same thing. If you walk by the flesh, you're this is This is what it is, but if you walk by the spirit and there's fruit to that there's wonderful incredible blessings to walking by the fruit of the spirit, so that's how we fight is once again daily submitting to God's will to the Holy Spirit, um, giving me everything I need that pertains to life and godliness and i and I trust that and then I would say last thing for to battle all three together, we have a glorious gospel <laughs> like is <laughs> So good. And, we need every day. Yeah, yeah every and day. and once again, eschatology does matter a little bit in this. <laughs> I know I gotta go there for a second. <laughs> We're almost to the end. I know. Man. I know. Come on. I know. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Matthew 16 is just one of my favorite passages. When I think about like a real devil that's seeking to devour, when I think about my flesh warring against me, when I think about the world persecuting uh, followers of Christ in Matthew 16 when Jesus asked, you know, the disciples, who who do they say I am, you know, and they give him answers, you know, prophet, uh, you know, whatever it might be. And then he says, who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of God. And Jesus goes, you know, good job, Simon, son of son of John or whatever Jonah, whatever it was. Bar Jonah. Yeah, um, Bar Jonah. Yeah, <laughs> um he says, "Blessed are you, for flesh and blood didn't give you this, but my Father in heaven. And then he goes on to say, look, the gates of hell will not prevail against this. Mm-hmm. And so when, when we have that confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the worst place in all of creation can't prevail against the gospel of, of Christ. It's going out. It's going forward. And the devil cannot stop it. Flesh won't stop it. The Mm -hmm. world cannot stop it. Preach the gospel to yourself every day. Proclaim it to the world every day, no matter if it costs you your life because the gates of hell won't prevail against it.
2: Do you believe it? Yeah. Do you believe that gospel right now? Mm -hmm. Are you applying it to every area of your life? Are you compartmentalizing Christ? Are you taking his lordship everywhere you go? He's a victorious king, not simply in a church
0: building, Mm -hmm. but in the entire world. Amen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Listener, I hope that you've been encouraged Mm -hmm. By this today, Um, I hope that you understand and know your enemy better so that we can continue to strive to resist the enemy, to be more like Christ. And so uh, we encourage you today uh, to continue doing that. And gentlemen, thank you for for the discussion today. Um, And let's close in prayer. Aaron, will you close this, please? For sure.
2: Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today because we can. By by your beautiful grace alone, Lord, we we see we have been redeemed from among the world because of the love that you have for us. Oh, Lord, may we rest in those promises more so than we are allured by our enemies. May we run to you in all things because your grace is an unending well, Lord, that you are not going to redeem us to leave us or to forsake us but father you are a victorious father all the enemies of your son are being placed under his feet as we speak and lord i just pray that we would understand no matter how the trials rise and all that we face no matter what it is that there is joy and rest in you your burden is light And we praise you that you go along with us. You have won the victory for us. May we walk in that truth and victory for the glory of your name alone. In Jesus' name we ask these things to be. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship.